Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Happy Friday. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Michelle Smallman, alongside Emmett Golden. And Emmett, first of all, happy Friday. Great to talk to you. Uh, Secondly... How much sleep have you gotten? Because I heard you on the late night show, and now you're on with me. So what is this, a two, three-hour turnaround we got? Yeah, it's probably about three and a half hours. I I mean, being honest, I have no idea uh, how I'm doing this right now. My alarm clock went off in the morning. I just jumped straight in the shower. Don't even know if I use soap or not. You know, I just know. I jumped in the shower. I jumped out, got in the car. I made it here, so... Um, you know, if I get some things wrong during the show, don't blame me. I'm on very little sleep right now, but I got an energy drink. Hopefully that can get me through it. Hopefully we'll do energy checks with Emmett throughout the show. But Emmett, let's start here. Last night before you went on the air, we had some NFL preseason games and let's start with the Texans and the Patriots. The Texans defeating the Patriots 20 to nine, but the storyline there was rookie quarterback CJ Stroud, who got some snaps in his first preseason start and he struggled a bit. He played for two series he went two for four for 13 yards and an interception what did you make of cj stroud's debut last night in the preseason i just few words hit my mind it was welcome to the nfl mm-hmm. that's kind of what i thought i'm not going to overreact to it it was it, it was a very small sample size right. and i think you got to get your feet wet you know if you're a rookie quarterback the preseason is the time to do it now i would hope in their next preseason game that he plays a little longer and does have a little more success uh because if it, if it's another bad outing then you worry about confidence and everything but welcome to the nfl rookie Absolutely. You're going to have to get your feet wet somehow. You're going to have to get those reps. I didn't really have high expectations for C.J. Stroud. You just want him to go out there and be able to do it. But he did look a little shaky. He didn't have great protection either. He was under pressure 60% yeah. of his dropbacks, which, again, to your point, welcome to the NFL. It's gonna, life is going to come at you quickly. But – there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not the Texans should start him week one. When you draft a quarterback that high, he's going to be your franchise. He's going to be the foundation of whatever you're trying to build moving forward. So the question is, do you start him week one? And what do you need to see out of him in the preseason in order for you to feel comfortable in doing that? So last night, small sample size, but a shaky start for C.J. Stroud. Was that enough to convince you that the Texans shouldn't go with him in week one? No, no, I'm a firm believer in, listen, if you use a high first-round draft pick, you got to play him. You got to play Like, you had that draft pick for a reason, probably because the guy that was your quarterback last year was terrible. (laughs) You don't get the number one overall pick. I mean, maybe unless you made a trade years ago. You know, who knows? Maybe you got lucky with the trade a couple years before that, but nine times out of ten, Your team is terrible, and the quarterback that you had the previous season was terrible, and that's why you had a high pick, so you got to play these guys because you got to not only learn about them, but you got to get the growing pains out the way now so as you build the roster around them, when you're ready as a team, they're ready. See, I'm kind of in a glass case of emotion 
Emmett, when it comes mm-hmm. to starting rookie quarterbacks week one, because I'm with you. You draft them for a reason, and the only way you get good at something is by actually doing it. When you and I first sat in this chair to host, I'm sure we were shaky too. And you get those. Oh, I was terrible. Oh, I'm, I can't yeah. even imagine <laughs> if you pulled my yeah. first tape what it sounded like. I was probably so nervous, probably messing everything up. But that's what happens is you have to go out there. You have to make those mistakes and get those reps. However, I also think about the fact that these quarterbacks are being drafted high and they're usually going to bad situations, which means they don't have a lot of protection. They don't have a lot of weapons to throw to. And I get worried about these quarterbacks taking a beating both physically and mentally before they're ready. Yeah, I mean, you make a great point, and you do have to take that into account because I think about, look, I'm in, I'm in Cleveland, Tim Couch, you know, mm-hmm. back in the, the Browns come back in 99 and they get Tim Couch out of Kentucky and he was a really good quarterback and they destroyed him because they, he had an offensive line that, I mean, was like wet paper towels. <laughs> you know, they didn't, they really couldn't stop anything and he had injury after injury and his confidence wasn't there. So you took a very good quarterback, put him in harm's way, and next thing you know, you ruined them. So that's a great point because you can destroy a good quarterback if you at least don't have an offensive line in front of them. Well, let's hear from our ESPN NFL front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. Mike T., were you concerned about what you saw from C.J. Stroud last night? The speed of the game was just too fast for C.J. Stroud. That's the bad news is the good news is that could be game can slow down based on time and experience, but be it the sack or certainly the interception. He was just late in decision-making. He was late with his tempo. Even on the sack here, you could just see that he wasn't prepared for these defensive linemen to be on him so quickly. This is very normal for a rookie quarterback. And if you're Houston, you're fortunate that this happened in a preseason game, not in a regular season game. And to your earlier point, Emmett, you got to throw him out there sometime. He's going to have to get used to things like that. All right, I'm going to give you some stats and tell me if this okay. sways you in any way. So of the 14 right. active first-round rookie quarterbacks who started week one, here are some of the stats. Three of 14 led their team to the playoffs. Just three of 14 rookie quarterbacks active who started week one. Mac Jones, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco. Two of 14 threw for over 4,000 yards. That's Seamus Winston and Cam Newton. Four of 14 threw for over 20 touchdowns. Mack, Kyler Murray, Jameis, Cam Newton. And zero out of 14 threw for over 30 touchdowns. Now, 13 of 14 threw for double-digit interceptions. Joe Burrow, the only exception, and he didn't do that, and he was injured. And the touchdown-to-interception ratio, 206 to 183. So basically, there's going to be some growing pains. Absolutely. There is, you know, I look at the the three that made, you know, the playoffs as rookies, Mac Jones, Matt Ryan, uh, and Joe Flacco. I know Flacco had a great defense with him. And, you know, Mac Jones had the greatest head coach of all time, great defense of mine with him uh, as well. So, like, that makes sense. But all the other stats that I look at, I go, yeah, those are growing pains right there. I mean, they have a combined record of 80, 122, and 2. Right. We got to get rid of ties, but that's a whole, I mean, that's a whole nother story.
That's right. We don't have enough time for that on a yes. fun Friday. They, I'm with you. I'm with you. And by the way, those names, Mac Jones, Matt Ryan, and Joe Flacco of the active first-round rookie quarterbacks who started week one and led their teams to the playoffs, Matt and Joe aren't even on rosters either. So this was 15 years ago. It's, it's yeah. a different situation. But here are some active first-round rookie quarterbacks who started week one. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. We mentioned Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco. So a lot of guys got thrown into the fire early. Yeah, I and I think it's because the teams that draft them, again, nine times out of ten, don't have a better option. I, I, I like There's times I get things. I'm a big uh, Premier League soccer fan, right? Okay. Um, Tottenham's my squad. It's a tough day for us Spurs fans. But, like, I'll get a new kit. And I'll go, I'm going to save this for a special occasion. I'm not going to wear it until there's, you know, I I really want to, you know, make a statement. I put it on the next day because I go, you know what? You know how much money I spent for this? I got to put it on. I got to wear it. And you invest so much in these young quarterbacks. You got to find out. You got to put them out there. And the cool thing is your fan base. You got to give your fan base hope because if you're drafting high in the draft, uh, you're probably not a very good team and it's hard to keep fans engaged. But if you sell them on hope, on we've got this shiny new young quarterback, come check us out, then you can keep your fans engaged. So you got to do it for a lot of reasons. And I know that the fan base shouldn't be the driving factor in making these decisions, but I'm sure it's part of it. You know, you're not listening to them. You need to know internally what you have from a skill set standpoint. Is the quarterback ready yeah. from a protection standpoint, a personnel standpoint? Um, where's their confidence level? All of these things internally you need to make sure are in place before you execute and make that decision. But now with social media and with the 24-7 sports news cycle, if you don't put C.J. Stroud out there week one and the team starts playing bad, the the intensity continues to grow. All, all of the noise continues to get louder. Put him out there you drafted him high let's Mm -hmm. see what the kid can do and then you have to answer questions at the pressers and at practice it just becomes a firestorm and a fever pitch if you don't start them week one but I don't think that that should necessarily be the reason why you make that decision but it's a very fine line to walk Emmett because you want to know what you have you want to start that acclimation period as soon as possible but this is also a long-term play this is a potentially your most Mm -hmm. important asset, likely your most important asset on your team for many years to come. And you want to make sure whenever you decide to go for it with them, that they're ready. And not playing the rookie quarterback can be a big distraction to the team because the coach has to answer questions every week. When are you going to play the starter? I mean, you know, the rookie. When are you going to start the rookie? And then the guy who is the starter, he's got to look over his shoulder the whole time. You know, there are teammates that are like, yeah, I don't know how long this guy is going to be under center. It is a huge distraction, and distractions aren't good in pro sports, but especially not football, because everybody has to be on the same page in order to be successful. So, you got to start him, man. Put him out there with one caveat. You got to have an offensive line because you don't want to ruin the guy. He's Emma Golden. I'm Michelle Smallman. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny's presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up next, an outlandish trade proposal was made on Get Up this morning. 
and it could make Jets fans very, very happy. Keep it here. Greeny, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. CJ drops back, looking, pumping, and firing downfield, and it's picked off. Went to the right place for the ball. You know, and it was good to see him move out of the pocket and try to make some things happen. Just trust my eyes. Just lost track of that, and I um, just forced it. Should have just checked it down. Welcome back into Greeny, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Emmett Golden, I'm Michelle Smallman, and we welcome in our ESPN NFL insider, Dan Graziano. Dan, good morning. How you doing? I was looking around for Emmett, but I didn't see him there. I didn't. <laughs> He doesn't do two different places. I'm good. I'm a voice that's just kind of flowing around here. It's your presence. That's the thing. Your your presence. That's right. Yeah, it feels like you're here with us. Yeah, it's a good presence. It's a good vibe, right? Well, not great vibes last night for C.J. Stroud in his preseason debut quarterback. I know. We expected some sort of a calibration period. Two series, two for four, 13 yards, and an interception. Uh, The debate raging today whether or not he should be the starter week one. What are the pros and cons, you think, Dan, about starting a rookie quarterback week one? So, like, one of the things that – 
Texans want to see from C.J. Stroud is how are you going to do when the pocket is no good, when it's messy and it's collapsing around you? Because at Ohio State, he didn't have that a lot, right? Like, usually a pretty good pocket there. They have great <laughs> offensive linemen, and, and the opposition is not NFL-caliber defensive linemen. So uh, we, got, we got to look at it last night. They were playing without their starting center, their starting right tackle, their starting left tackle. So, uh, look, it, it, they threw him in there. He got a taste of it. They'll keep throwing him in there. I think the only way for him to get better at that aspect of the game is to, is to experience it, right? As long as you can do it and not put him in jeopardy. Uh, he, he seems to be a, a smart enough and capable enough quarterback that he would know how to protect himself. Um, it's just a matter of sort of getting used to that and, and having your decision-making sort of, you know, adapt to it. So I, I don't think we saw anything too, too surprising or too, too worrisome last night, unless you want to count the, the Texans' pass protection. Uh, but they did spend a lot of resources on that in the offseason, and, and they should be better once the real games start. Dan, how much should a rookie quarterback's college experience play into whether they start early or not? C.J. Stroud played a ton, a ton of games. Anthony Richardson, not so much. How, how much should you just really look at their college experience when deciding if they're going to play early or not? I think it's got to be a factor, and, and I think the fact that Stroud played a lot of games, and a lot of really big games, right? Like he's played in some, in some high-stakes games that, that, at the level that he played in in college. So I think that gives you – it sort of – it takes away one of the question marks, right, if you're deciding on whether to play the guy right away. Now, what the Colts are going to do with Anthony Richardson, we don't know, but it may be they decide – it's best to just throw him out there and get him that experience. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about Trey Lance in San Francisco. This is a guy that hadn't, still hasn't, quite frankly, played very many football games in his life. And uh, I think that that has shown up when he's had to play for the 49ers. Obviously, he's had injury issues too. But I, I, think, I, I think in answer to your question, I think it's got to be a factor and it can be a helpful one in deciding, you know, in, in deciding how many hurdles does he still have to clear. Our ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano joining us here on Greeny alongside Emmett Golden. I'm Michelle Smallman. Broncos at Cardinals tonight, Dan, 10 p.m. Do you think we're going to see anything tonight that hints at whether or not the old Russell Wilson is back under Sean Payton? Oh, I think I think it's possible, right? Like if he looks like he's in sync with his receivers, if it looks like his footwork is timed up to the routes, if he's if he's able to play on script and only go off script when it's when it's when it's really called for, I think that's good. And I, I think what you'll see is probably a, a Russell. Wilson who's determined to be that guy right because that he's heard all this he knows what the knock is on him uh, so we'll see now it may be that the footwork's not there yet it may be that it looks sloppy and if it does that doesn't mean it's going to a month from now uh, they're still putting things together out there but if it looks sharp and if it looks crisp then I think there are reasons for optimism there yes Dan, I, I love Greeny. I love Courtney Cronin. But earlier on Get Up, they threw out something that was completely ridiculous. They said, you know what the Jets should do? Just trade for Zach Martin. That'll solve everything. Right. Is that ridiculous or could that possibly happen? I don't think the Cowboys want to trade him. Now, it, do they get to the point where they're convinced he's not going to show up and decide that they get something for him rather than just sort of have him sit around all year? I, I just don't think they feel like he's going to do that. If it reached that point, then maybe. But I don't think right now that, that he's a guy. I'm, I'm sure teams have called, right? Anytime you have a player who's publicly disgruntled, who's not at camp, yeah, I'm sure teams call all the time. Hey, are you thinking about moving this guy? My understanding is the Cowboys' answer right now is no. Uh, could that change? Crazy things happen. But uh, I, think, uh, I think right now their plan is to wait for him to come back, and they think he will. 
Dan Graziano joining us here on Greeny. Be sure to follow him on social media at Dan Graziano ESPN. So Brock Purdy seems to be the 49ers quarter, QB1. Excuse me. Do you think it would make any sense for them to trade Trey Lance and accept that sunk cost? It may, if they could get something for him that they felt was worth it. But remember, I mean, the 49ers, they know all about quarterback injuries and what what effect that has on a season. In Kyle Shanahan's six years, only twice has he had a quarterback start more than 10 games in a season. So, like, keeping Lance and Sam Darnold behind Brock Purdy may be the smart thing for them to do. Now, you know, you get to the end of this season, you're in the clear, you're talking about a, a you know, a fifth-year option decision on Trey Lance, Th- that may be time to move him, or maybe at the trade deadline, right? Remember, that's how Kyle ended up getting Jimmy Garoppolo from the Patriots, was in an October trade. So, I think right now, they would probably have to be blown away to move him, but um, it's, it's something certainly to consider if Purdy continues to establish himself, if Purdy proves himself to be healthy, and they're confident enough in whatever the other backup plan would be. Dan, I always feel like the 49ers are the only team in the NFL that are quarterback proof. Yeah. It just doesn't really matter who their quarterback is. Is Does that have more to do with Kyle Shanahan or how good the defense is? I think Kyle Shanahan is the key there. Um, you know, it's a good point about the defense, and that helps. But like they traded so much to move up to number three and get Trey Lance. If that's a whiff, if you miss on that, that gets people fired. That sets franchises back five, ten years. Very rarely are you in a situation where you can, a couple years later, find your starter with the final pick of the draft. Like, that's ridiculous. So I do think that Kyle Shanahan's system is quarterback-friendly. There is no one in the league better at scheming receivers open than Kyle Shanahan. Like, he puts the quarterback in a position to succeed – and as a result, I think we saw, you know, the very best of Jimmy Garoppolo when he was there, when he was healthy and on the field. And I think we've seen that with other quarterbacks that, that he's used. So, yeah, I do think it's – I think Kyle Shanahan is, is the big reason uh, that they're able to have success with a, a multitude of different quarterbacks. Dan, we know the 49ers contenders in the NFC. The AFC looks like murderer's row. So many contenders in the AFC. But it's improbable that every team we put into that bucket is actually going to play out that way. So which team do you think we have in the AFC contenders bucket that won't be there at the end of the season? Well, who's in your bucket? I mean, you have have, uh, Buffalo, right? You Mm -hmm. have Cincinnati and Baltimore. You have, um, what, Jacksonville. Kansas City. Miami, the Jets. Miami, the Jets, Chargers. You got them in that bucket? Yes, maybe the Browns. If maybe Deshaun the Browns. Can... I, I got Cleveland in that bucket. Yeah. No <laughs> idea if they're shocked, good. Shocked, Emmett. Shocked. No idea right. if they're good. Honestly, like, honestly, that could go either way. We right. don't know what, what version of Deshaun Watson we're going to see. So, um, look, Miami is a, is a – I think there's a wide range of outcomes there because of the, you know, the health issues that the quarterback confronts. I think if Tua Tungavailoa is on the field all year, they showed last year they can be a very effective offense. And Vic Fangio coming in as the defensive coordinator should help shore that up. But we don't know about Tua, and we really won't until we get to the end of a season and say, oh, yeah, he played every game. That's fantastic. Uh, and I think there's a wide range of outcome for the Jets. Honestly, like it's all hunky-dory right now. But the quarterback is 40. The offensive line is questionable, right? We don't, I mean, you know, the, the, the coaches haven't proved anything. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's definitely ways that could go sideways. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, I always say, like, in August, we're making these predictions. Like, tell me who's going to get hurt, and I'll tell you how it's all going to shake out, right? Exactly. Like, there's no way to know that. Uh, so something will happen that'll make us look silly. when we say, oh, can you believe we thought so-and-so team was a real contender? Um, but I think, you know, if you're looking at it like Miami and the Jets both have, 
ways that it could you could see it going badly if if the wrong things kind of happened. And look, I mean, I think Cincinnati has earned the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, if Joe Burrow's calf injury lingers into the season and they're in a tight race in a tough division, that's the kind of thing that could that could cost you a couple of games. So, yeah, I, I think that's I think it's going to be fun in the AFC for sure. He's Dan Graziano, our ESPN NFL insider. Follow him on social media at Dan Graziano ESPN. Thanks for the information and conversation, Dan. My pleasure. Greenies presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation 2 a day. Time is here. On ESPN Radio. The Cincinnati Bengals. Blue 58. Go. I'm Ben Baby, covering the Cincinnati Bengals for ESPN's NFL Nation. And the biggest storyline entering training camp revolves around Joe Burrow's availability for week one. Burrow has been out since he suffered a strained right calf in the second practice of training camp. The injury also comes at a time when the Bengals and Burrow are under contract negotiations on an extension that could make him the highest paid player in the NFL. But more importantly, the Bengals are hoping that Burrow comes back healthy and sooner rather than later. Cincinnati is looking to go from being just AFC contenders to Super Bowl champions. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. Our ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days rolls on as we take a look at the Cincinnati Bengals. And Emmett, let's pick it up where we just left it with our ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano and Joe Burrow's calf injury. We know that he suffered that strained calf a few weeks ago during training camp. His head coach, Zach Taylor, said that Joe Burrow is several weeks away from when he said he was several weeks away from returning. So when you read the tea leaves on Zach Taylor's comments there, do you think that Joe Burrow is going to miss some time in the regular season? I feel like week one or two he could miss, but those are huge games. They open up in Cleveland on the road against the Browns. Then week two, they're at home against the the Ravens. And I think that is something that you really, really have to be aware of because last year in the AFC North, every team went three and three against each other. So, you know, the margin of error is microscopic in the AFC North. So I think that is something that they definitely have to be conscious of. But there's something else, Michelle. Yes. What about that cash? What about the bread, right? Like if I'm Joe Burrow, am I going to come off an injury and, and touch a blade of grass knowing that I don't have a contract extension making me the highest paid player in the NFL after what the other guys have gotten during the offseason? I don't think Joe's going to do that. So the Bengals have a few things they need to get uh, corrected with Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's like, show me the money. And I know that they had already been in discussions, obviously, especially after Justin Herbert's contract became official. But Emmett, if I am Joe Burrow, if I am his representation, if I'm his family, there is no way I'm going out there without the contract signed. Because that calf injury is a reminder that things can change really quickly. And obviously his value is not impacted at all by this injury but what if it was an, a season ending injury you know I just would not risk it there would be no chance I'm going out there without securing the bag but will Joe Burrow miss the start of the NFL regular season here's our ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini their season starts in 31 days mm-hmm. do they think Joe Burrow will be healthy and ready to play no no there, there is concern there is significant concern in Cincinnati that Joe Burrow will not be ready to go week one they're going to be very 
conservative from what I can gather. They're not going to try to roll them out there, push them out there, knowing how competitive the AFC is. Everyone's aware of that. They know who they're facing coming right out of the gate the first two weeks. They got divisional games, but they want to play the smart. They don't want their quarterback injured come January. So, Emmett, let's look at the schedule that Diana Rossini just referenced. You mentioned the two tough games off the top. Here are the first six games on the Bengals' schedule before their Week 7 bye. The Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, the Rams, the Titans, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. So those first two games, obviously the toughest part of that schedule. But if you could tread water those first two weeks, it's a little bit more favorable for you, and it might give you that runway you need to make sure that Joe Burrow is 100% healthy before he returns. Yeah, those first two games are going to be tough even if Joe Burrow is out there. Joe is 1-3 against the Browns in his career. Uh, The Ravens always play the Bengals tough. So with or without him, weeks one and two are going to be tough matchups for the Bengals. Then you look at the rest of the, you know, the the schedule up to the bye week, and I really only look at the the Titans, maybe even the Seahawks, and go, okay, those are games that are going to be tough. I still think the Bengals should win them, but I don't look at those as gimmies. So if they could end up three and three, you should feel pretty good because look, the Bengals started out zero two last year uh, and only lost two more games after that for the rest of the season. So we know that they could go on a run. Sure. But with the AFC being so good and so many great quarterbacks in the AFC this year, I don't know if they're going to be able to recreate that like they did last year. Yeah, we were just talking about that with Dan Graziano about how the AFC is so stacked and it's improbable that every team we have in the contender bucket is going to be that way at the end of the season. And Dan said, tell me who gets injured and I'll tell you who's not going to be there. So Joe Burrow's (laughs) injury is certainly something that could shift the balance of power in the AFC. But I guess the, the good news, Emmett, for the Bengals is that Joe Burrow missing time in the preseason isn't foreign to them. Last year, he had the appendectomy. He was coming back from the knee injury prior to that. You mentioned the schedule last year. The Bengals started 0-2 last season. They finished 12-4, third seed in the AFC, and then they ended up losing 24-21 to the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. So even if they come out uh, to a slow start, even if Joe Burrow misses some time, it seems like they'll be able to find their way back and acclimate themselves. Yeah, and I love that no one ever says Joe Burrow is injury prone like we do with (laughs) with other quarterbacks. Nobody ever says it because he gets hurt at the right time, right? He gets hurt consistently, but it's never (laughs) in season. It's never, you know, I I mean, outside of the knee injury he had early in his career, uh, we don't look at Joe Burrow as a guy that's always getting injured because it typically happens uh, when it's not at the most important part of the season. That's an interesting point. I also think it's because his offensive line, his protection was so weak for so long that we just talked about Joe Burrow constantly getting sacked and he would find a way to get back up. So I think that we might take that into account because we've seen his toughness in action. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No question about it. I um, I just, one day it hit me. I was like, hold on. Appendectomy, knee, um, non-contact injury with the calf. I'm like, it's always something, but he's available when they need him most. And I, and I feel like that's the difference between maybe him and a Lamar Jackson is Lamar is healthy at the start of seasons. It's the playoff run where he's gotten hurt the past two years. So I think that's why we kind of view it a little different. He's Emma Golden. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, a slew of players inducted into the Hall of Fame last week. So which active players in the NFL do we think are going to end up in Canton one day? 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. It's Greeny, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Hanging out with Emma Golden, who you can find on social media at egoldie80. And I'm Michelle Smallman. You can find me at msmallman. Always join the conversation by giving us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. So my man, Emmett Golden, did the late show last night. Freddie and Fitz, he did it, what, it's 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., right? And now you're on with us. The turnaround is real, so we need to get an energy check from you, Emmett, on a scale of exhausted to hyped. Where are you right now on the spectrum? I'm right there dead smack in the middle. (laughs) I'm proud of myself because when we had Dan Graziano on, I didn't call him Dave, which could have happened, right? (laughs) I don't really know exactly everything that's going on right now. I I do have an energy drink. It's a healthy energy drink, which Mm. is a complete oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's helping me out. I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm still focused slightly. Well, I think you're doing a great job. So let's keep this energy rolling. I have a way to get your heart rate up. You're based in Cleveland. And I watched the Johnny Manziel documentary last night on Netflix after I was done with a little preseason football action. I I had been hearing about it. I heard it was some people didn't like it. Some people thought it was had some revelations in it. I wanted to see for myself. And Emmett, I watched that documentary last night. And I thought to myself, Mm -hmm. if I was a Cleveland Browns fan, I would be incensed watching this thing because it goes through without giving away too many spoilers. I mean, it's all happened. So you, you know, spoiler alert, (laughs) not needed, but we all know that Johnny Manziel was partying a lot in college. We know that he wasn't taking his preparation seriously. We know that he wasn't really studying the playbook at Texas A&M. But everything that was happening leading up to the draft about him going out and partying before the combine, all of these things that his agent and the people around him were trying to conceal. But people knew what was going on. They're talking about the pre-draft process. And his agent, Kevin Burkhardt, even said, 
as he's falling in the first round, he realized all of these other teams did their homework and knew what Johnny Manziel was doing. And then all of a sudden, Roger Goodell goes up to the podium, get a call, trade up. The Cleveland Browns take Johnny Manziel. And in that moment, Em and I thought, they drafted a celebrity that was going to sell jerseys. They didn't draft a football player. And if I was a Browns fan, I would be furious knowing that. Oh, we we had we were furious. I'll say that. You know, it's kind of old hat now because we've had a bunch of bad quarterbacks since then. You know, we're, we're kind of we've kind of understood that and, and moved past it. The the most like the thing that blew my mind the most, I should say. See, I'm sleepy. Um, <laughs> is <laughs> is that when the Browns went to work out Johnny Manziel? Mm-hmm. He went on a bender the night before with his receivers. His receivers were no good. He threw to his agent and his lawyer, Ugh. and the Browns still drafted him. The you know you talk about dysfunction. It was the same ownership group, but the front office uh, and the coaching staff nobody was on the same page. And I think the Browns wanted a star, not necessarily a good quarterback, because they knew. We, we've been searching for a quarterback for so long. Let's give the fans something to be excited about. And I'll tell you, you've worked with Aaron Goldhammer, who I work here yes. uh, with in Cleveland. He was extremely excited. And there were so many fans. Oh, we got Johnny football. Let's go. Fans, they kind of overlooked the stuff off the field. The thing that was just ridiculous is the Browns knew about the stuff off the field. They still drafted him, and they wasted two first-round picks <sighs> that year because they drafted Justin Gilbert as well, and he was out of the league before Manziel was. So that leads me to today with Deshaun Watson because they know who Deshaun Watson is off the field. And obviously when he was playing – Uh, prior to his Browns tenure in Houston. He was a top-five quarterback. He had a tremendous Mm skill set. And if he can find that version of himself again, he can certainly elevate this Browns franchise. But Emmett, it's been three years since we've seen that version of Deshaun Watson. And I'm just watching this documentary last night being like, here they are again, taking another very, very expensive risk on a quarterback yeah. with off-field issues. It just, it blows my mind that it's always the Cleveland Browns that seem to find themselves yeah. in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I could tell you why they, you know, made, why they are desperate. Let's call it for what it's worth. Yeah. They're desperate for a quarterback, and they were willing to take the PR hit, and they were willing to pay Deshaun Watson because they know Two things, that he has been good before. He has been a top-five quarterback. And, you know, seeing him in training camp, he's much better than he was last year. You know, does that mean he's going to be as good as he was in 2020? I can't tell you that. But he is better this year than he was last year. The other thing that they know, they know that Kobe Bryant, Ben Roethlisberger, Ray Lewis, if you win, fans move past just about all transgressions. True. They they just do. You know, we, I mean, just as a country, we care passionately about things in the moment, but we also love the redemption story, right? And if yeah. you're a winner, so the Browns know if, if Deshaun Watson takes the Cleveland Browns to a Super Bowl, that is where fans will shift their attention to after time. And that's the gamble that they made. And they made that gamble because they've drafted quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. I mean, you look at Baker Mayfield. They took Baker Mayfield number one overall, and it felt like, oh, they got the guy, took the Browns to the playoffs, beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. This is the guy. And then he completely fell off. And 
the organization just said, we can't do this at quarterback anymore. We know how we're going to look, but we know that everybody moves past things once time kind of heals all and you win. So winning is the most important part of this. If he does that, they believe people will move on. Yeah, what do they say? Winning's the best deodorant, right? It covers up any stink that could be there. But I just yeah. – you're, and you're right. If he, if he returns to form and he leaves, leads the Cleveland Browns to a Super Bowl, it will be a, a crazy story. We'll be talking about it yeah. wall to wall. You're right. But if it doesn't, Emmett, if it fails – this is going to be another chapter in spectacularly awful Browns moves. So it's just a high Michelle, risk, high reward. Listen, if it doesn't work, just another day in Cleveland. Right? <laughs> you know, it's just another day. Hey, man, you know, if every day is a sunny day, what's a sunny day? If every day a quarterback flames out, what's a quarterback flame out? Whatever. <laughs> you're right. That's equilibrium, unfortunately, in yes. Cleveland. What, what a bummer. But, but you're right. He's Emma Golden. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Greeny here on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, we're trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. We will explain it. Greeny, right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.